Welcome, Spider Folk. I am Brian. This is John. And this, this is the Grancho Away. away. <laughs> uh, the last time I thought we got that really close, and then when I listened to it, it's not even fucking close. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's because of the lag. Yeah, it's the lag. Blame the lag. So, John, it's 2022, man. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year to you. And to all of our listeners. All three of you. This is uh, episode one of season two. Everything we did in 2021, I'm calling season one. Season two is season is going to be 2022, or or we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we started late in 2021, so that was preseason, <laughs> right? And those are uh, those are our learning days. We're better now, <laughs> I hope. or so we'd like to think. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll see. Okay, so. Uh, we got our first shout out your sack from Danny Hall in Alabama. Shout out. Shout out. He hatched out a couple hundred uh, Hedriscodra uh, maculatus. H-Max. H-Max. Awesome Awesome species. Awesome species. We need like some uh, sound effects or something for that, you know? I know. (laughs) We got to get better at this and then save some money and buy some, some... Software. Sound effects. <laughs> Buy some sound effects. Well, I, can, I think we can get them in uh, some decent uh, editing software. It has that kind of stuff. If we record together, there's there's boards you can buy, but I don't know if you can do that when you're not together. Oh, I guess you probably could. If I put it here, you put it there, whatever. I'm sure we can find something. But right now, I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just imagine the sound effects that would happen. We're really excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> the best I can do right now. It's pretty good, man. My kids should have a toy or something that has some sound effects on it. <laughs> you can't be able to find something. Or your wife. One or another. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but hers are in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so not a lot of spider news uh, this week, but uh, uh, a friend of mine who is uh, an actual entomologist. Uh, Tyler Fox. He listened to the episode where we talked about uh, uh, the Yoro, the Joro spider, mm-hmm. and uh, his his friend in uh, Georgia, excuse me, is um like an expert on the Joro spider. And him and uh, Tyler and his friend talk about it all the time. So we're gonna have him on to talk about that invading Asian spider in uh, uh, in Georgia. Oh, cool. so that that'll be interesting for a future podcast because he's an actual entomologist. All right. That's awesome. Cool. I found a little story that I think is really funny. Well, the way they wrote it is really funny. It's from CNN. Okay. Terrifying new species of spider discovered in Miami. (laughs) So wait, it's from CNN? Yes. So the spider's off slant to the left? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) According to this picture, yes. Oh, okay. Um, I have visual aid, but it won't do nothing. <laughs> but yeah, I found this really funny. Scientists have found a new species of spider in Miami that looks like a small, shiny black tarantula and has venom that includes painful stings just like a bee. Ooh, so scary. Oh, wait. So it has it stings? Yeah. <laughs> so it has a stinger, too? It has venom too? and it stings like a bee. It has a stinger, too? Uh, didn't say that. It just says... That includes painful stings like a okay, bee. Okay, okay. Just going. like a bee. Okay. 
the Pine Rockland Trapdoor Spider. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't think I need to say anything else, do I? Uh, it's a trapdoor spider. It lives deep underground. They rarely come to the top. Uh, so people are just like freaking out about this spider because, you know, it's one of those hard, crunchy, shiny spiders. It's not a hairy spider. And so, yeah, it's, it's a terrifying new spider. Uh, mysterious new tarantula-like spider identified in Florida Everglades. They found it at a zoo in uh, in Miami. Uh, okay. was, was, it, was, was it one of the zoo inhabitants or what? <laughs> was it supposed to be there? <laughs> and they, like, discovered it in a... In an exhibit? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be in the exhibit oh, anyway. Okay. They just, I just read that they found it. Uh, the guy had found it at the zoo. You, you get what I'm saying? I could go discover tigers. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was supposed to be at the zoo. It was. <laughs> it was freeloading at the zoo. Right. Right. But yeah, so um, it's a new trapdoor spider. Not so terrifying. Uh, it, 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 it's not as big as a tarantula. It's not as big as they're trying to say. I'm sure it's not because it's only from Florida. All right. But it's uh, it's pretty funny how terrifying they think it is. <laughs> and then I did find a story. There's not really much to tell. Um, there was a woman in Australia. Okay. She was giving an outdoor news. Um, okay. So yes, yeah, so she conference? had a news conference. A news yeah, conference. she had a news conference and to tell to give updates about COVID. Now this was, uh, I believe, last month or the end of November. Okay. Uh, it's been in the news for a couple uh, for a couple weeks now, but anyways, uh, she she was giving uh, updates on the COVID situation in, in that area of um, Australia, and look, all of a sudden she 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 got this shocked look on her face. She was live on the news and she had a, a six inch or bigger uh, huntsman spider on her leg, and she was super cool about it. She was super chill about it. She's like, I live in Australia. We have big spiders here, and there's one on my leg right now. So they they helped her get it off and everything. She didn't get bit. She she kept calm, but it was uh, it made it made like you know headline news and shit. That's cool. Yeah, and then the the creepy spider from Miami made CNN news, which is national news. And then I remember we were talking about medically significant. Okay. And I just happened. I just looked it up. I just got the definition of it. And it says, means a venomous or poisonous species whose venom or toxin can cause death or serious illness or injury in humans that may require emergency room care. So okay. medically Ooh, significant yeah. if you need to seek medical help if you get bit. <laughs> and and what, we didn't, we didn't know that? <laughs> I thought I knew that already. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't. We did. We hadn't looked up the exact meaning of what oh, we're talking about okay. with, uh, with the calciatum, uh, the stromatopoma calciatum spider. Right. And right, right. I, I don't know if we. I we didn't. I just wanted to put the definition out there because we 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 went back and forth on that a little bit. Nothing major, yeah. And then Tyler's going to come on the show. That's that's big news for me. I didn't even know that. <laughs> that's big news for me. What's that's that? Cool. Our first guest. Yeah, I'm not sure when that's going to happen yet. We'll have to make our schedules all work on the same day and everything. But uh, I talked to him at the last reptile show, and uh, I saw him outside before I came in. Well, I'm excited about that. First, yeah, and he works. He works for the government. He, uh, I won't say where. He okay, works, now he works. I'm not excited about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he works for a government, but he's he works as an entomologist. So, 
So, so it's, it's what is cool. he, he like? Make sure sure that the spiders all have their vaccinations or uh... <laughs> something like that. I don't want to say too much in case he doesn't want anybody to know about that. But um, and his I'll address him, is where? Yeah, I'll let, <laughs> I'll let him tell us where where he works if that's okay with him. Right. Um, but uh, he has a cool job. Um, but he is a, an actual um. Uh, entomologist. He went to college and all that kind of stuff. He's a really cool guy. He bred um, Damon Medeus, um cave spiders or right. or whatever you want to call them. He mm -hmm. bred those in captivity, a three-year project. I have some of the babies here. That Damon Medeus. So. It actually Damon Medeus. That that actually to me sounds like it should be starring in a movie with a with a man dressed <laughs> up like a woman. <laughs> Like a, like an old black woman, <laughs> oh, like like Mama's house or something like that. Oh, Medea. <laughs> Medea, yeah, that's right. I forgot about Medea. Oh, silly me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, those ruined are the, it. You ruined those it. Are, I know. I'm terrible like that. Yeah. Those are the Tanzanian ones because right. I get all serious about what I'm thinking about here, and then you try to make a joke, and I just ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> It happens. We can we can do another take if you want. I'm not a dad, but I got the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much it for Spider News. Oh, oh, there was one other silly story that I found. Uh, California, the Penasula Humane Society was called uh, out because somebody had found uh, seen a big tarantula on a roof. So they rushed out there and they grabbed ladders and they climbed up on the roof and found out it was just an old Halloween decoration. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I see I see this story, tarantula on a roof in California, on, uh, on rooftops on California, somebody. so I, I look at it and it's like, yeah, the Humane Society was called out and they found out it was just an old Halloween decoration. But is that really who you would call for that type of thing anyway? I don't know. I mean, You're going to call the fire department? <laughs> you call, why call anybody? Well, I wouldn't call anybody. I'd just grab a cup and get a ladder. Exactly. <laughs> then they'd be calling then they'd be calling about some some middle-aged guy crawling around a roof. <laughs> well the story was the story was really short. It didn't have nothing to it, but I, I was I was sad because like did somebody go on their roof to do something and seen it and ran away and called somebody for help? Did they see it from the ground? And I would love to see the picture of this uh, decoration right, that was so right. convincing. Right, and there was no picture too. I looked, I looked, right. searched, and I couldn't find a picture. I would love to see how what it looked like, you know? Right. It was probably something that doesn't even look like a real spider. Right. It was like fluorescent green and. <laughs> or my yeah. favorite, the spider skeleton. Oh, I have a bunch of those. Do you know people actually <laughs> ask me if those are real? <laughs> a bunch of those. No, the this dollar molt, store special ones. This it. molt is a spider skeleton. Okay. <laughs> oh, you cannot put a you know a shed exoskeleton on the on a table at a show. That can't happen. Oh, I do it. I used to love doing it. And people that was my favorite and, thing to do. And how many people ran and screamed like like Mariah <laughs> Carey notes? <laughs> and those were the six foot five guys. <laughs> Right, and that's the whole reason I do it. Every time somebody walks up to my table not paying attention, then they'll suddenly look down, they're like, ah, you got a spider out, ah, ah. Boys, girls, old people, young people, it didn't matter. Let me ask you a question. 
and we can i guess you can edit this out i mean if you like but have you noticed that the people that who are really 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 terrified of of your table tend to be bigger guys yes okay i just i thought so and and a, and a and a pretty good percentage of people that actually buy tarantulas seem like they're women to me there is a large number of women not when i first started but now now there's a large number of women over the years more and more women are into it for sure Absolutely. and just to, to, to share a little story when our mutual friend mike had his place at the gibraltar trade center okay which yeah. if you're not from michigan the gibraltar trade center was like two air plane hangers together <laughs> filled shout out, flea shout out shout out to mike and char shout out to mike and char mc exotics um they uh they had a they had a, a place in this like giant flea market where they sold live animals and um exotic animals snakes lizards tarantulas i would grab a rose hair and i would throw it on my shoulder and i'd go walk through this really really busy place big mm -hmm. big busy place mm -hmm. and the girls would come up and say, oh, is that real? Is that real? And the boys would keep their distance. Their boyfriends would be like way, more than an arm's length away from me, walking, give me wide berth. And then the girls would come right up to me and want to touch it. Is it real? Is it real? I'm like, no, it's just a toy. Go ahead, touch it. <laughs> mm. uh, but yeah, really, most of the big, big guys would run away. And uh, Absolutely. The, girls, the girls were in, uh, intrigued. They wanted to see it. They wanted to know, was it real? Why is it there? <laughs> you know, I have, a, I have another story about that about that place okay so one of the first times that i actually went there um and i was going there to bring him some tarantulas and uh, and i i walked up behind mike while he was talking to a customer and he was selling them trying to sell them a tarantula that he was holding his hand and it was a, a rose hair he was telling him how nice it was and everything. And I looked at the spider and, okay, I didn't say anything because I didn't want to interrupt the sale. But so after the person left and did not buy the spider. Not buy the spider, right? I told him, I'm like, you know, that was a Haitian brown, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was holding a pecan. Oh, man. Yeah. And he's holding it. And I'm like. I don't know if I should stop him and tell him that this thing's about to bite him or what. <laughs> but it didn't. Yeah, so. It's like the old Bugs Bunny cartoon. I didn't learn gravity in school. <laughs> Once he knows he's going to get bit right away. you know. Then you fall. Right. I get it. Right, then you fall, right. <laughs> but yeah, uh, for sure. Hey there, spider folk. This is Brian from the Pot Tarantula Way podcast, and I have some great news for you. The Kickstarter from Keeper Cards has been funded. They reached their goal and a little bit more. So in the near future, you will see the Invert Starter Pack. It will contain scorpions, centipedes, and many, many more creepy crawlies. But in the meantime, while we're waiting for that to get all put together and, and into the store keeper cards need your support so go to keepercards.info now and buy stuff buy lots of stuff they got a new beanie they got a new shirt that's really great a new spider shirt uh master of puppets type thing very cool shirt i have that i got the new beanie on the way they have many many cards of your favorite youtubers and um probably some tarantula cards that you don't have yet 
So go there and give them your support. They have great posters, all kinds of stuff. So collect them all. Go to keepercards.info today and support them. Uh, so today's main topic is uh, creepy crawly stuff that you find in growing in your uh, tarantula enclosures. So we're going to talk about mites and mold and ugh, nematodes and uh, freaking scuttleflies, scuttleflies, <laughs> fruit flies, gnat flies, the fly system. Fly flies, <laughs> flies, and no superfly. <laughs> no superfly. If it was superfly, I mean, you know, I understand that. Yeah, we might get into some fly girls. You never know. <laughs> and I'm sure that all that any of the listeners that we had that were born after '85 oh, won't know what the what heck you were talking about. Jennifer <laughs> Lopez was a fly girl. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so yeah, started. So, on. what do you want to start with, John? I eh, I don't like any of them. So start, yeah, start with start with what, what creepy crawly you want to start with. Well, first we'll start with some easier stuff like molds and stuff. Okay. In in my experience, and and I, I didn't do any research on this. I did a little bit of research on this, but it, it turned out the way that my experience has always been too. Is really there's not much that can really hurt your tarantula. It has to get really bad to hurt your tarantula. You have if you see it and you take it out right away, nothing's going to happen to your tarantula. If you let it go for you're, you're and, saying as far as mold to clear mold, yes, okay, yeah, the molds that grow in your cages. I've never had one kill a tarantula. I've never had a tarantula die from mold. And I see, have, I I can't say that I can actually say the same thing for sure, but yeah, I mean, I've had mold and I've ended well, up with a pretty bad. Uh, actually a dead tarantula but i don't know that the mold is what killed it i can't say for sure but you know the mold was there before the tarantula died okay so i got a i I got a collection from someone who had gotten false information on how to keep them and they were keeping the tarantulas in um basically a zipped plastic can so they had them in shoe boxes but inside of that they had them in a plastic zipped like uh kind of like a shelf for to grow plants to keep like seedlings to keep them moist and so it was a it was a it was plastic oh. zipped all around them on this oh. on this shelf and they were so humid they did have mold but they did have mites as well so, and a couple of tarantulas are lost. Um, so I don't know, you know, which one of those things, if either, caused their demise. I don't know. Well, yeah. Okay. There you go. There's but continue. That, uh, Sorry. Kind of blows my uh, research. No, 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 no. It doesn't really <laughs> no, no, because no, I, I don't know. know I, don't. The, I don't know what. Right. Because you don't know. But then, no. but then when we get into mites, I'm going to tell you how you shouldn't really worry about them. And <laughs> we talk about. No, oh no, no. You can't say that though. No, yeah, you can't say that anyway. Because there's there's species of mites that you do have to worry about for sure. I don't know what species they are, but I've I've encountered them twice, and they actually I know that those did cause the death of the tarantula for sure. You know for sure. For sure. Okay. Well, we're gonna bring that up with our 
I'm not an uh, entomologist, but he, I know for sure. Right, right. Okay, no, no, that's fine. Um, because my, the research that I found, and and like I, I just researched for a couple hours today on the mites. So I mean, I maybe could find more stuff, but I didn't see anything that really said that mites will kill your tarantula. Well, um, I won't cut you off again. Ones. Continue to continue with the mold, the the mold, and then what I'll do is when we get to the mite section, then I'll let you, I'll tell you about my experience, and then we'll go from there. Okay, sounds good. Um, molds, and, and I kind of, I kind of put mushrooms in this too because you sometimes get mushrooms growing in your tanks and stuff too. Absolutely. I personally never had a problem with that. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, I have had mold growing on a tarantula. So have I. But um, uh, a Q-tip and a little bit of water. And I got the mold out of there. I let the cage dry out a little bit. And I cleaned up anything that the mold could grow on inside the cage. Everything was perfectly fine. But um, let me ask you this real quick. And I yeah. said I was going to cut you off. But question. So <laughs> when when this happened with you, because I did the exact same thing you did, except for I went a step further. And I actually put it in an entirely different container that was dry. Because I want oh. to start over new. And it seems okay. as though the tarantula brought the spores with it. And sure. I would grow that. It, it would appear to be, and obviously I have no way of knowing for sure, but it appeared to be that same type of mold in the new dry container. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. I don't, that tarantula did not die from that, but yeah. Well, the mold shouldn't be able to thrive in a dry container. This um, mold was pretty hardy. <laughs> on, on, on the spider or on the no, ground? No, no. It would grow in the container. And, and on the walls of give, the container? Or well, the you have or? to give the spider water at some, you uh, know, you have to give it some water. water and so, sure. Yeah, and it would grow around the around the, the ground or near the water dish where the spider would inevitably either put substrate in the water dish or either somehow spill it or do whatever, you know. Yeah, well, the the spider can definitely carry spores and the hairs and stuff. I'm Absolutely. sure. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't see any totally. any reason why it couldn't do that. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure you could have that problem, but then you know, it, it was really limited to where it could grow, so right. it shouldn't be harmful harmful to the spider at all right. if it's just growing around that little area. And every time you do a cleaning or a feeding or whatever, you just pick that out, and if it grows back, you pick it out again, I guess. Right. Until eventually, it should go away because there'll be less and less spores every time. Hopefully, if you get it early enough. Cool. Um, but I've never, like I said, I've never had, I've had mold grow on a dead tarantula. I've had them grow on a live tarantula, but I've, I've never had anything like spread so fast in my cage and cover everything that it would kill my spider. Right. Um, but spiders sometimes will mold kind of fast when they die. If you don't catch them within a day or two, sometimes they'll have mold growing on them. And then people can be led to think that their spider died from that. But in my experience and my little bit of research that I did, and I am no expert, I have not had any problems with molds uh, hurting my animals at all. So let's move into uh, flies. Flies. Okay. So you're the fly me, guy. Yeah, for me, I really, really, and 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 I, I swear to you, I love all animals, most animals. <laughs> There's a few. <laughs> there's a few I wouldn't. I wouldn't care if they were. I like all animals. I just wouldn't want to keep all animals. Well, you know, like There's bed pets. bugs. Yeah. Bed bugs could go extinct, and I wouldn't care. Um, oh, this is true. <laughs> mosquitoes could go extinct, and I wouldn't care. Um, but 
Before it flies are seriously up on on my list with that. This high on Bastards I they are. I hate them. I really hate them. Um, yeah. they're annoying and they're pretty much inevitable. I don't know about in every part of in every part of the world. I'm not sure. I can speak I of so. I can speak for the Midwest in the United States and and in the South. And um, yeah, forest flies are just inevitable. Um, you will have them at some point because, and let me just describe them. They're a small fly. Um, they're similar size to a fruit fly. Uh, the fruit flies are in a, are usually from the genera, uh, the genus Drosophila, whereas these are are four day flies. Um, and you can you can always usually tell when you, which one you're encountering because fruit flies, if you see them ever sitting down, and you disturb them, they fly up, and they kind of do a much slower kind of hover kind of fly, whereas forest flies or scuttle flies or humpback flies as they're called, they run, and they love to run first, and if you see them, they're never holding still, they're running, and and if if you look at them closely. They call them humpback flies because they do have like a they they have a, like a kind of a quasimodo build. They have a, a a noticeable hump on their back if you look at them. That is correct, sir. And the larvae are tend to be carnivorous, so they're looking for meat, decaying meat, things like that. They're also attracted to water, but almost all of them are. Any and they look like lions. little white maggots, correct? Yep. They'll be small little, white maggots. They look like maggots, but much smaller. And it doesn't take much in order for them to go all the way through from, from larval form to fly. It doesn't take much uh, food, uh, much of a food source. I've, I've had them in a vial that a, a spiderling was in, and I took the spiderling out. So there was nothing else that left in there for these flies to uh, to feed on the larva, and the larva still made it all the way through flies, and they couldn't get out because of the hole in the vial was so small. And I just kept it there to see. It was just like an experiment of mine, and yeah, it doesn't take much. So right, there's that. And the thing of it is, yes, they're annoying. In in parts of the world, they can just fly in from outside. Because believe it or not, some of them were placed there purposely. Um, so in the United States, especially in the South, we have a problem with uh, fire ants. And a lot of, so what forest flies will do is they lay their eggs on actual ants and the, the larvae attack the ants once, once they hatch. So, and so they release them intentionally as a forest fly. And that's that's very simplified. And if we had the entomologist here, I'm sure he could probably tell you in more detail, but that's a simplified right, version right. of what happens. But they they introduced them on purpose as a as a to try to control fire ants. And so they're here and they can either fly in from outside or they can come in with your crickets or feeders or whatever types that and so I don't know if you're seeing all the same species. I I doubt it because I've seen several different sizes. I've seen some very, very small ones before. Um, and I've seen some pretty larger ones too. Oh, I'm, sh I'm sure there's several species. Yeah, I'm sure of it. Um, the thing about them is that not only that they're annoying, but also that they believe that they can serve as a vector for 
another creepy crawly that we're going to talk about, and that's nematodes. Nematodes. Yeah. And so they think that they can, the scuttleflies can take, can serve as a vector and carry the nematodes from enclosure to enclosure in your collection, thereby just, you know, infecting your whole collection with them, which is, right. if you've ever encountered nematodes, that's a bad thing. <laughs> so it's a very yeah. bad thing. And as far as scuttleflies, I found that control measures. Um, there's various ones. I mean, first, first and foremost, keep your enclosures as clean as possible and not too wet. They really like moisture. Um, but definitely anything dying, decaying, but it doesn't take much. Like I said, I've seen them go through an entire life cycle, probably with a cricket leg as a, as a food source. Yeah, it doesn't um, take much. It doesn't take much. So... Um, another thing is, is I've, the, the thing that I've found to be the most effective is fly strips, the sticky, sticky fly strips are, seem, yeah. seem to be the most effective for me. You can bait them. Um, and I, and I've, I've read all of the stuff and I've, I've used it with not much success myself. I've heard other people have, whereas they'll use either, you know, apple cider vinegar or, uh, alcohol fine. yeah stuff like that and it'll it'll trap them or whatever i found that if honestly if you had something that was kind of decaying or something and you put it where they can't actually get to it in a container that they can smell but they can't get into and you put uh sticky strips right above it you'll catch like all of them right right i i used to work at a bar in my youth and uh they had a basement and they had like chutes where all the uh, empties would go down into this yeah. big bin in the basement. And, you know, so all those partially, uh, all those beer bottles have a little bit of beer in them, a little bit of beer spit in them and whatever. And, and it gets all over the place down there in the bin and it attracts a lot of fruit flies. And I also spent a little time at a club and a bar um, working. And honestly, though, what I saw most, and this just could have been the location that I was at, I saw mostly Drosophila that were attracted to that, but oh, well, that, I say that could have been the location I was at. As a generic, I say fruit flies, but you know, there are tons of little flies. I'm sure. Yeah, they were fruit flies. Yeah, no. Flies and, yeah, I don't know that. Flies. I never actually saw forest flies, but I'm sure forest flies would love that too. Yeah, so I, I mean, I didn't. I at that time I didn't know the difference between one fly from another, anyways. Right, but right, right, right. They, uh, they, there was just tons of them, and they were annoying. And they had a baiter that they hung from the ceiling, and they put wine and beer in it. Mm -hmm. They had one with wine and one with beer, and it worked. But it doesn't work on the mass with the population that they had. Right. You know, it was working, but it was way too slow to do anything for the population. So, and then I've had that happen in my basement before on really, really humid days, uh, humid weeks or whatever in the summertime. It'll get sometimes the flies just get way overpopulated. And, uh, and then so I'll hang. I'll hang. I mean, you can get ten uh, fly strips for like less than two dollars, I think. And I did. I'll hang a whole bunch of them for a couple of days, and then they'll just be filled, and and it really cuts down on the population much faster than anything else I've tried. And I, I tried a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. So that that's absolutely the best way to get rid of flies. And and uh, you know, it's it's even a good thing to maybe hang one in 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 uh, a place where people can't see it too much. Uh, just as a preventative measure. Right, right, right. I do that. Um, yeah, I do. Another that. type of fly, I get, well, a gnat, fungus gnats. Fungus um, gnats. 
they don't, you know, I, I've never heard. You don't know anything about flies. These things all look alike, you know. Well, okay, so fungus gnats are much, much smaller, and they have larger wings, and they're really they have those annoying. big fluttery wings. And, and they, and they like, they're, they're the ones that, like, just get right in your face, or they're, they're usually associated with houseplants. And, and so they like the, what they, what they like is your, your moist substrate. Any of your substrate like that, they really like that. And so yeah. they'll lay their eggs and stuff and do all that in there. Right. I've never heard them, and, you know, this is just, I don't know that it's not a fact, but I've never heard them being serving as a vector for anything like that. So I think they're more of an annoyance than anything. What I've found effective for them with house plants, because I don't really, I don't really have that much of a problem with them in tarantula enclosures, but with house plants, sticky, sticky traps also, but bright yellow ones. They're really attracted to the color yellow. And it, and seriously, it works like a charm. You, sure. the, companies sell companies sell these things. Uh, you can order them from Amazon. They'll come in neat little shapes like butterflies or flowers or something. You stick them yeah. into your your house plant. They're bright yellow and they're sticky. And if you have fungus gnats, you will have a lot of them within a few hours of sticking those in your plants. They really like the color yellow. I haven't. I don't know what the reason of that is, but. It must be. Maybe that's the color of the fungus that they're attracted to. Maybe, or I I don't know. <laughs> they're I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I have no clue. But I mean, I, I would I would assume it would have something to do with food. They like cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> cheese is kind of a fungus, so maybe. <laughs> hey, we figured it out. See, this is right. what we're here for, people. We figured things out for you. <laughs> So, okay, yeah, so that's what I have on flies. All right, that was pretty good. And now we move into mites. Okay, so I did some research, and one of the first things I came upon was an article on arachnoboards.com, which is a really good forum site for newer people. Well, can be if you can deal with some of the drama. <laughs> but you can, anyway, it doesn't matter where you go Facebook, Instagram, everybody's got drama and trolls and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Absolutely. So. But you can find some really good information on Arachnoboard. It's been around for a really long time. And I'm still part of it after like 20 years, 25 years. Uh, so uh, one of the biggest things I found about mites is mites are harmless. That needs to be said first. That's And, and this is the first, this is one of two articles that I found. Okay. And this is from, Oh, I'm sorry. This is from July 10th, 2018. Uh, the poster is, I'm not sure how to say it. It's B-O-I-N-A. So Boina, Boina, uh, Lady of Mites. That's, that is their, their handle on Arachnoboards. And they posted this. Um, let's see. Uh, this one says, uh, the mites showing up again and again in tarantula enclosures or more often in feeder colonies are grain mites and related to the group to groups genus Acarus, mm -hmm. uh, scavenger mites. I, and, uh, I, and I know exactly which mites those are, and yeah, I would agree that those are harmless. Okay, but I haven't finished yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they feed off of anything they can find. They, they, they live uh, rotting organic matter, basically. Uh, do, 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 including spider poop, bully, and... Uh, if things get bad, even rotting cocoa fiber. Uh, as such, they are 
actually beneficial. They can help clean the enclosures the same way that springtails do, but for some unexplained reason, springtails are loved, whereas mites are considered the bad guys. Very undeserved. Mites in small numbers are actually beneficial. Yes, and they're, what I and they're pretty ubiquitous. You're always going to have them. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You're all. Yeah. I, yeah. You're always going to have some kind of damn mite in your cage. That's for sure. And me, I mean, I don't even buy springtails. Springtails. Springtails just pop up in my cages around the area where I keep moist around the air water dish. There's almost always springtails hopping around in there. I didn't put them in there. <laughs> are you sure? I'm positive. I didn't even know you could buy spring t- springtails until a few, you know, a few years ago. I mean, with the, I had no use for them, so I don't have anything that's that small it has to eat springtails. Um, but yeah, uh, they they pretty much say, and then like I know from experience, grain mites can be a real pain in the ass if you have some kind of food around, some kind of dry food around. It doesn't get closed up or whatever. Their population will explode where they're like down this outside of the, they're all on the walls of the inside of the container, the outside of the container, on other containers. They suck. I don't, I mean, it just looks bad. They don't get on the spider usually, but they're, they're, they're just so massive in there. It just looks like, it looks like moving, I don't know, snow or something. It's, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's really weird looking. They're, they're white, creamy white looking and they just move all over the place. Uh, You don't see them unless there's a lot of them. And if there's a lot of them, then they've got a real big population explosion. Um, Um, so yeah, uh, and then if you want to get rid of those, really just drying out your cage is one of the best ways to do it. And you can introduce uh, isopods and springtails to help uh, compete for food, and that usually gets rid of them. Uh, but their population's going to explode and get really weird. Um, and then, so this one led me to another article that is actually from 2007, mm. and it's from Reptiforums.co.uk. Uh, Reptiforums, sorry. And it was posted by Poxicator um, on November 14th, 2007. And the first thing that he says, and then he says, abridged from Nick Lear's uh, zoologist post. So someone, uh, Nick, this Nick, and I didn't search him or anything, but, uh, you know, this is leading off of his post. So, and it says he's a zoologist, so, but I didn't look this up. But this is from the UK, and they're also saying, do not worry about mites. The hysteria about mites all seems to stem from Stanley Schultz, uh, the Tarantula Keeper's Guide, which uh, is a really good book. Uh, we all have it here. We've, uh, I said we all. A lot of us here in Michigan, John and I, we've met Stan, and, and uh, he's a good guy. Yeah, but I have I will signed th- copy. And, and his book is, yes, I have signed copies of the old ones and the updated ones. And, and he's a cool guy, but I will say that the book is pretty outdated now. There's a lot more information that can go in there, and there's a lot. There's quite a few things in his book that have been. He's really wrong. one of the most interesting guys you can meet, though. No, yeah, he's a super cool guy, and his book was the Bible when when we knew when there was no books. I mean, you know, there were some crappy books out there, um, but his book was the only like detailed book for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just so much more information now from Europe and 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 us here in America, um, and and I've I've myself proven some things that Schultz says to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, not a big deal; it just needs to be updated and stuff, um, which probably won't happen anymore. Um, but anyways. Uh, Schultz took a uh, alarmist view on the uh, on having mites and and uh, 
Oh, this is crappy. I got to get more organized here. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, so uh, have. Okay, that was just about that. Uh, but anyways, mites are like vultures, literally uh, smelling death and within hours appearing out of nowhere. Dormant eggs and individuals hatch, emerge, and in their masses to scavenge and feed on a corpse. The vast majority of mites you will come across will be detrivores, scavengers, or predators, and should be encouraged. Uh, if you're very lucky, you'll get some parasitic ones. Marvel and observe them. And... Uh, an overabundance of one particular type just indicates that something has caused the population to get out of balance. Try to correct it. Dry the soil out a bit. Remove dead feeders, etc. Do not panic. Do not replace the substrate. Uh, maybe scoop out area, uh, small areas where there's like large concentrations of them to get rid of uh, some to, to bring down the populations. Um, but don't try to remove mites from your tea. Such actions are far more stressful and damaging to your tea than any other minor irritation a few thousand mites may cause. Okay, so uh, some of the parasitic mites can get on the soft tissues of your spider, on the legs, around the rim of the uh, the carapace, mm. and they feed off the spider. But the it doesn't really hurt the spider, and uh, they only do it for, for while they're in that stage. Uh, and then they, when they, when they move to the next stage, they're not parasitic anymore. They're only parasitic in this one stage. Um, so it says it doesn't hurt. It, they don't get into the book lungs or anything. Um, they come in. Uh, they're hitchhikers. That's how they get in, which we mm -hmm. talked about. They come in on forward flies and and possibly crickets and roaches and whatever you know, feeder insects and stuff. Um, and the ones that come in on crickets usually lay their eggs randomly on soil and substrate, and they and and then they they feed on fungi and mold. So another reason to get rid of the mold in your cage. But also, uh, you know, isopods and stuff can eat on that too. So, but everything that I read, and this is a pretty long and extensive article. Mm -hmm. But everything I was read said that the mites are not going to kill your tarantula. They now. Now, they don't say anything about this in an article either, and I don't know that this could be true, but common sense would say that if you get a really big population explosion and too many on your tarantula could be a problem. But as far as this says, they're, they're, they can be almost beneficial, and they don't harm the tarantula, and then they go away once they move to the next stage. Okay. So. Now, can I, are you, can I add something? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, I tell don't... me a story. I don't want to. I don't want to draw any conclusions as far as to. Right. Well, we're always open-minded for sure. Exactly. So here's. I will just tell you the facts of what happened. And there's there's two different occasions, and several spiders were involved, but the one was years ago, uh, many many like over over ten or fifteen years ago, um, and they were wild caught. Uh, they're calling them Grandma Stola, Rosia, the red ones. Right. Okay. So I got, if you remember, I had like 15 or 20 of them. Um, and I got a, I got two more wild caught. And they had a mite on them that I hadn't seen before. It was a tan colored mite and it was much more, it was uh, much more mobile and a lot more fast moving 
than any of the ones that I had encountered before. And the tarantula just became covered, both of them, with the, with this mite. Like that, all you could see was this mite. And so, yeah, I put them in different containers that were dry. So, yeah, I went against that, what you said, not to not to change the substrate. I put them in brand new containers that were dry just with a water dish, completely dry. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, those, the spiders stopped eating and they both died. And they both died covered, like, I, I don't have pictures of it, but... They were covered in this mite. It didn't spread to any of the rest of the collection or anything like that. But I, I could only assume at the time that that's what happened. Now, whether there was something else that was, you know, going on with both of them and the mites just moved in as a secondary type of a thing, I don't know. But it was a mite I had never seen before. I was familiar and, you know, abundantly familiar with the the mites the, that you normally come across in the in, in spider enclosures. But these were like a kind of a, almost a tan to flesh colored and they were very, right. very fast. And, they and, were this very is something that we, and this is something that we haven't mentioned yet is that mites and you can even get flies and other things from wild caught tarantulas when, mm-hmm. when you bring them into your collection. So you should, mm-hmm. you should always quarantine those. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be fair, what I was searching was um, the uh, the mites in captive bred cages, basically. So bring it. I, that's one way you could get them, in, and and uh, those are not really the mites that I'm talking about here, though. But um, because you know we don't know what those are. These are the most common ones that you find in tarantula right. cages that come from your local environment, kind of thing. So I'm sure there's stuff in the wild that could be brought in, and that could be definitely be a problem. And People, there's a lot of information that I'm holding in my hand here. I have pages and pages and pages that I've just kind of highlighted stuff and trying to go through and give you uh, a good overview of what they're saying, but I can't read all of this. It would take way too much time. Um, but, uh, and, and we're not experts. We're, we're, we're using our, uh, our experience with um, some research that we've done. And uh, yeah, so, you know, there's definitely going to be other things that could happen, other other types of mites that could happen. Mm-hmm. I was kind of just uh, specifically looking for mites that happen in tarantula cages. So they're already caged and ca- most are captive bred, you would think. Uh, but yeah, who knows what you can get from wild caught stuff. For sure. Well, I, th- I, th- I thought it, it, it would bear mentioning because even if you only got you know captive born stuff then you don't you still could it's 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 definitely possible to introduce other things with crickets with feeders with stuff that's in reptile shows that are or or, or in other people's collections that have been exposed to other things that are wild caught so it's possible that something could turn up in your collection that you know even with full captive born stuff it's still sure things can turn up so, and, right, but and for that's the most just part, my experience. That's what happens. Right. For the most part, from what I can find, uh, and I've never had any problems with mites. Uh, I have. I mean, I've had problems with mites. I, I've had grain mites go out of control because I had some feed that wasn't uh, securely closed like I thought it was. So <laughs> there was grain mites freaking everywhere. Uh, but they didn't hurt any of my tarantulas. And I've had some of the other mites before. Um, I did try to take them off. 
uh, alcohol and a Q-tip got them off pretty good. But mm -hmm. it says you shouldn't do that, and it's not going to really harm your tarantula. It's not going to get into their book lungs or anything like that. Uh, so you're pretty safe with that. You just want to try to make sure that you keep it as clean as possible to keep the, the populations down because it's when you get a, a population explosion is when you, if there's going to be any problems, you're going to have problems because there's so many of them fighting for food they're gonna eat whatever they can although most of the ones that we know about don't actually eat living tarantulas so you don't have to worry about that but something you would have to worry about eating your tarantula kind of uh from the inside out would be nematodes oh, everybody's okay. scariest word to hear that keeps tarantulas oh <laughs> uh, yeah the scariest word in the tarantula hobby nematodes yeah, I've encountered it a couple times, and yeah, not good. Microscopic nematode worms. Exactly. So far, more than 25,000 species have been described. Half of all. which are, yeah, <laughs> and only half of those are parasitic. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> right. Oh. And then, uh, uh, see if I can stay this, say this right. Steiner Nema species, Steiner Nema species, uh, are known to attack inverts, and they are also used regularly in natural pest control. So people are putting these in all over the place <laughs> to control certain types of pests. This, wait, wait, wait! This is a pet peeve of mine. I'm sorry, but every time that they use one species to try to stop another species, they introduce a species to stop another species, it never works. I mean, My, not two words, never... two words, cane toad. Yeah, it never works. Ufo <laughs> Marinus, it, talk to it, Australia. It literally never works. Right, dumb as hell, <laughs> people don't learn. Right. Look here, here we've got these uh, hornets, they're like, uh three feet long no they're like <laughs> they're like three three and a half inches long they're big ass black and yellow hornets i caught one in livonia one day and i put it in a jar and they're called cicada killers well guess yeah. what we were brought here to take care of something else or something oh yeah. really i i didn't know that yeah they were brought here to take I care i didn't of know them. that because i had one in my backyard just last year and it, and it had a cicada it was on one yeah, they're big as hell, man. I was like, "What the heck is that?" I caught it. Uh, it was on the on the on the, my parents' screen porch, so I had it kind of in a captive area, and I, I got it in a cup, and then I put it in some alcohol, and I still have it. Actually, it's pretty cool looking. But man, it's huge. I would hate to get stung by that thing. And they brought them here. They're not native. They bring all kinds of stuff here. Oh, uh, how about the? Uh, Man, when I was a kid, I loved playing with ladybugs. The nicest little bug you can oh, ever let walk on you. They yeah. walk on the you. They walk ones. The red ones, they're beautiful. Red, yeah. you got spots on them. They're really cool. Yeah, but those orange and an ones. orange one on you, uh, they bite the hell out of you. I was yeah. so mad when I got As an adult, I get bit by a ladybug, and I'm cussing it out. You're not supposed to bite And now, me. in our area, do you hardly ever see the red ones anymore? No, because they're no. taking all their damn food. Yeah. So I think they've moved. I, I see them every once in a while. Their populations are small here, though. It's all orange ones. And that's, they how, that's, how, that's how Brian deals with extinction. He's like, they moved. <laughs> well, they probably did. I mean, they probably didn't go extinct. They probably oh, moved. I know, but it's like if the population is endangered, oh, they moved. 
Where's everybody moving to? All right. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> We're still no, trying no. to figure out the Dodo Bird's new address. We'll let you know when we find it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there is no guaranteed cure for these worms uh, in tarantulas that anybody knows of so far. Right. Um, but I can tell you the symptoms are Respi re restless behavior that's that's a big one um standing over the water dish like all the time they do that a lot pedipalp paralysis um, i'm getting there i'm getting there. <laughs> uh this one i never heard of or noticed but a slight sweet odor in the enclosure um your tarantula stops eating when your tarantula doesn't smell right, <laughs> then right. you know. <laughs> uh, immobility of the chelicerae, the fangs. It can't. It has like paralysis of the fangs, and the palps are always curled under. Always. They don't straighten them out. Yep. And then a really, a really quick and fairly easy test to do is just, sh you know, if you're not, if you're noticing some of these symptoms, to take your your cage and gently shake it. When the tarantula tries to steady itself. It should put all of its feet and its pedipalps on the ground to steady itself. If it still keeps its pedipalps curled underneath it, well, then it's, you know, there could be some problems. Don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely something you want to look for. Don't buy it. Hello? Oops, sorry. I hit the pause button by accident. Oh there. my goodness. I'm okay. That's some editing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Gonna have to edit that. <laughs> so, uh, right. If your spider's not eating, if the spider, it looks like shit, don't buy it for sure. Yeah, don't buy it. Uh, what happens is the spider becomes more and more infested. Uh, the chisillerate, chisillerate, bleh, chit. Chelicerae, holy crap! Editing, lots of editing on this one. The chelicerae become. Oh, leave that part in. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how funny I think it is when I edit. Uh, anyways, uh, as the spider becomes more and more infected, the chelicerae. Ch here we go again. <laughs> the fangs become paralyzed, okay? And it makes feeding impossible. They get up in there and they get all over the place and they get up, it gets all paralyzed and it can't do it. And then, yeah, so you want to do that test to see if they have them for sure. All and right. then, uh, hold on, I got more information on them. There, okay, so when I first started uh, doing this, I was, I found something, it was on arachna boards and I didn't write as, inform, uh, as much information, but, it, uh, this person claimed to be doing experiments with certain uh, antibiotics. It said, hello from Russia. Sorry for the bad English. It was, was it, but was it with love? <laughs> no, it wasn't with love. It just says, okay. hello from Russia. Okay. Bad English. Anyways, uh, I didn't even get the date of this. I forgot to look for the date. Um, damn me. Anyway, it says, hello from Russia. Sorry for the bad English. It seems that we have found a nematode cure, but it needs a bit more testing. If you have any nematode sick tarantulas, you could try this method on them. It won't get worse if you try it. Oh, it won't get any worse if you try it. It can't get any worse if you try it. it you know. Well, so, they're going to uh, die anyway. 
Yeah, right. It could die anyway, so it can either help or, or not do anything. So, yeah, sorry. He's got bad English. He was right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to die says, anyway. First of, first of all, you need two drugs uh, of pure H2O, H, H2O for injections. Uh, what is it? It's a, The first one is an antibiotic cephotaxime. It's in a powder form, one gram, and you put put it in ten milliliters of. And I wonder H2, how H2. readily available this drug is. Right, he's in Russia, so it, things are different there. And it's right. I I read that in U.S. you couldn't get this stuff. The one you couldn't get. Right. Uh, the second is an anti nematode. Uh, Pyrantel, Pyrantel. Um, so those are the two things that he said he was using. And then he said uh, how to use. First of all clean up the mess near the tarantula's mouth get rid of any worms that you can uh swish it with warm water and stuff like that after the after this take the uh cephotaxime one gram and dilute it with the water and then put it on the, tra uh, the tarantula's mouth and <laughs> chelicerae sorry <laughs> there you the nematodes. Yay. Uh, but don't try to push it inside the tarantula's mouth after this one is dry use the uh pyrant Pyrantel with ear with an ear cleaning stick, which I believe he means is a Q-tip, right. around a tarantula's mouth and uh, chelicerae. But don't put so much; just use a little bit, I guess, and repeat this for three to five days. Right. It doesn't always work, I guess. It, it can't if the infection if the infection has progressed too much, it doesn't work. Right. And then sometimes, even if you clear up the nematodes, the uh, the intestinal tract has been so ruined by uh, the infestation that the right. tarantula dies anyways. Um, but there was, uh, uh, from what I've read, young nematodes enter the spider through uh, the anus and the book lungs. And they're, uh, they're young. They're not, they're immature. They're not mature. And then once they're mature, they, they, they come out the mouth. So the fight, the spider, yeah, the spider, <laughs> the spider is completely filled. <laughs> but yeah, basically, it, it completely it'll end up completely filling his his uh, his track as they as they breed more and more. The whole digestive tract will be filled, and um and it just kills the spider. Pretty that's hard. actually seriously. That's actually I didn't know they they so they actually entered an anus. Wow. Yeah, it says anus. Yeah. Wow. I just assumed they went in the, in the mouth. And then the different sources that I saw that they were like, um, they come in, they can come in on substrate. They can, they can be on wild caught spiders. They can come in on forward flies. I mean, just the way. Well, isn't it like half anything. the world nematodes or something anyway? I mean, uh, yeah, there's so many. It's, yeah. it's, it's disgusting how many there is. And they're, yeah. they're everywhere in the world too. There, there's, I don't think there's anywhere there is. Um, but I did read that the worms become inactive in temperatures under 50 degrees. Fahrenheit or 12 degrees Celsius and will die in temperatures at 90 95 degrees Fahrenheit or 35 degrees Celsius. And what does that help? As will your tarantula. <laughs> I, mean, I don't understand. No, I, I don't know. You think the tarantula would die in 95 degrees? Uh, I mean, they, they deal with 90 degrees and I'm sure sometimes the feels like temperature would be would be I guess. Uh, 100, especially in some of these tropical regions. Or even know. in some of the desert regions. Regions. I, I don't, what was I don't the, know. What that, was the low end? Like, what was the low end again? Fifty. Yeah, but that didn't kill them. That just made them inactive. Inactive. 
Yeah, that's a helmet. But what does that do? So if you got adults lining the the track, they're just gonna lay there. Right, that doesn't help. That doesn't seem like it helps much. Yeah. So I mean, really, it, it seems to me like there's there's no real cure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to keep them away, so you want to keep your stuff uh, nice and clean. Um. Uh. The one thing, the one guy. Here you go. Excuse me. <clears throat> to clean, to sterilize your substrate. This guy says you need to do it right. Okay, this is from the, the second article that I got uh, from the uh, the British Reptile for Forums. Mm -hmm. uh, it says that uh, if you want to sterilize the substrate, you need to do it properly. It needs to be done to be damp just for the start, not dry. So when I've done it in the past, I put about two or three liters of damp. What does that say? Oh, damp uh, soil in a bowl and microwaved it for, for 10 minutes. And take it out, stir it, mix it up, and put it back in for another five minutes. Then take it out and put cling wrap over the top of the bowl and leave it to cool. It is this uh, trapping steam that penetrates through that that ensures that it, that it sterilizes everything, you know, all the way. That that when you put the when it's already hot like that, and you put something over the top and let the steam come, it actually the temperature will actually rise hotter than it was when it was cooking. And it'll uh, it'll really get in everything and kill all the crap that's in it. Um, it's it's better. The thing about sterilizing though is like now you've killed everything living in your soil. So right. Um, it, it, and in this guy's uh, experience, he says that the 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 totally dead soil has more stuff growing it easier and faster than the Absolutely. living. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Yeah. That, so, that totally makes so sense. It, you don't really have to sterilize it. And, you know, like people have you... to realize that these are not reptiles. These are arachnids. They live outside. I know reptiles live outside too, but they're not as sensitive to everything as a reptile is. And a lot of people get into tarantulas after keeping reptiles first. So they want to have that. You know, with reptiles, you got to be anal about the temperature, about how clean it is, how often you feed it, what you feed it. You got to add calcium. You got to add this. You got to have heat. You got to have, you know, bulbs with, with ultraviolet rays. You don't need any of this crap with a tarantula. They're so simple. But, you know, it's better to keep them on a living dirt, a living living yeah. soil. It doesn't yeah. have to be soil, but living dirt. It's got stuff living in it. And, and, a living and, and substrate. It's it's nutrients for other animals besides your. <laughs> well, yeah, because your... in the absence of some of that other stuff, that's either beneficial or at least right, uh, not no harmful. Then kill everything in it. There's no ecosystem. When, there's no well. There's room for like like in microbiology class when you want to grow a particular type of organism, then you sterilize the media that you're going to put it on so there's no competition for whatever it is that you're trying to grow so once you kill off anything that's either beneficial or or at the very least not harmful now you leave you leave room for something else that could potentially be harmful to grow there because it has right. no competition at all right no competition right, right. exactly and so yeah so i mean the tarantulas are really simple and they don't have too many things that bother them you know they have predators but they don't have a lot of uh, at least in captivity there's not a lot of things that can really get to them to kill them nematodes is like your biggest fear uh, you, really yeah. in, in, yeah. from everything i read that's your absolute biggest fear and to keep from getting any of this stuff in there cleaning and watching you know look at, at them often look at them once a week and and just make sure 
you know what's in there. Look, you, if, if there's a dead cricket in there, you want to pull it out. If there's mold growing in there, you want to pull it out. Maybe you want to pull out, you know, a scoop of dirt where the mold is growing and take it away so you make sure you got the spores and whatnot too and it doesn't come back right away. And ask them how they're doing every once in a while, you know? Right, you know? I talk to my spiders all the time. I really do. <laughs> you know, how you doing today? Oh, you're looking nice and fat. All right, I got a boy for you coming. You know, <laughs> I talk to them. It's weird, but, you know, when you've been doing it for so long. Yeah, you know. I get uh, it. So, I think that's about everything. And again, people, there's a lot of information here. I can't, I, while I'm talking about stuff, I forget to say other things that I wanted to say. And, um, you know, there's always things that we're going to miss. And, uh, you know, if there's anything you want to add, you can definitely uh, add us on Instagram or, or Facebook uh, or our website, which I'm going to start promoting a little more the podcast website. Uh, I got to fix the, the URL though first off. <laughs> yeah, make please make sure you let us know. We encourage it, you know. Let us know stuff we missed or things that you know. This is Yeah, all we'll put about, it on the next podcast if it's all about really trying important. to share information with other people and you know, just right. get it out Definitely here. not trying to be a know it alls. A lot of this stuff we do, a lot of this stuff I don't have to research. I just go by what I've what I've experienced in my own collection in the last twenty five years. I and have been called an insufferable know it all, but I try my best. Not too <laughs> <laughs> right, and then some of these other things like the nematodes. I did that research over the last couple of weeks, and uh, you know, I mean, I learned a lot reading that and stuff that I thought I knew was wrong, and, and and there's a lot of other things that are new, new information that I hadn't looked up in a long time. So um, please feel free to reach out to us. Be like, look, Brian, you're an idiot. This is what it is. <laughs> or Brian, you're a dummy. This is what it is. Or John, Brian, oh, you're, you're stupid. Oh, you're so smart, John. Oh, you're, oh well, yeah. Well, well yeah. Worthy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so just going to have to kind of cram this here in the middle of the podcast for you people. The code word for the giveaway today is pamphobedious the code word for today is pamphobedious listen to next week's episode and go to instagram the tarantula way podcast on instagram to find out about our more details on our giveaway and also listen to the end of this podcast for more details on our giveaway okay on that note let's move to the next segment which is the unhelpful guide to tarantulas and this week's species is john arahabana oh arahabana i love them and let me let me tell you brian seriously this is my favorite species look think about it they're they're big they're they're pretty much readily available and pretty much they're always readily available i've never not been able to find a pair of habana anywhere (laughs) if you buy one if you buy one as a spiderling they grow really fast they're easy to take care of and uh yeah what's not to like and when it's adult, you will not believe that that tiny little spider got to be that size because they are one of the smallest spiderlings con- considering how big they get when, they, God, when they're when when they having babies. <laughs> they're so small. They're so small. It's crazy. So small. And so many of them in an egg sac. All right. So what do we know about this thing? Uh, it's About a this beast. About it's the name. Glaziador. Does that mean anything? I don't know. Does it mean anything, Jim? 
<laughs> not, that, not that I'm aware. Spider this week. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, does that mean that I was supposed to research it? Uh, yeah. When you <laughs> pick the spider, you're supposed to lead the research. Uh, re- lead the research uh, you know. to you. <laughs> oh yeah, because I have so much time. <laughs> exactly. I have some research, and and somehow I don't have it. I don't know what I did with it. I had everything right here. Everything was so organized. And now look at now. Oh, here it is. Now that I'm talking. (laughs) It was the last thing, so I moved it out of the way. Anyway. As far as I know, I didn't think that it, you know. Well, I can tell you that in my research, Laziadora Parahabana has always been Laziadora Parahabana. It has not been any other names. There you go. If I can find the first paper. Where the heck did that go? Yeah, anyways, it was first done in like the 1800s, wasn't it, John? Do you remember? Yep, yeah, Melo Lateo, I believe. Yeah, I I, I have two papers, uh, half of it, I want. I only have... It looks like it was revisited in 1957, 1986. It's before this too, but I can't find my other paper. But after after they described it in the 1800s, it's been this the whole time. And I can tell you, you know, as far back as 1957, they still said, and all the way up to 2013 was the last time it was looked at, and it was uh, still Laziadora Parahabana. So from the original, uh, what do they call the original specimen? I guess the type, I had a type specimen. Type specimen. That's what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. The type specimen all the way till now. It's uh, it's been Laziadora parahabana. And from what I've seen, and and again, you take this with a grain of salt. My research said that it was the quote unquote fourth largest tarantula in the world. Um, I don't know how to determine that. I mean, from from my experience, I definitely say it's not above. It's definitely not above the four, the fourth. But no, because the first three are, are uh, they're folks, yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's definitely oh, my genus, so. <laughs> right? Definitely not above the fourth, but I'm not sure that that how they determined that it was the fourth because I, I think there's some other contenders that are pretty pretty close inside, even think in so. that I would genus, think... right? Yeah. Well, I don't from all the ones I've kept, none, none of them seem to get quite as big as Parahabana, though. You you had a pretty large what was called the Itabune. That was pretty big. I think out of the ones that I've kept, the the closest one to being as big as that Klugi. would be the uh, the Klugi. Yep, Klugi. exactly. Uh, the, they're 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 pretty darn close to Parahabana size. Well, but then if you think about some of the Zenestis as far as leg span go, I won't say as bulk, but leg span. I mean, you can get some pretty large leg spans on the Zenestis. Sure, and they get pretty damn bulky too. Yeah, they can, but they, they get some pretty big asses on them. All right, so yeah, the name I couldn't find anything in particular that I could find about the name to as far as what it meant. Um, I'm sure it's probably a meaning somewhere out there. I didn't. No, me it. too. I I thought that would be one I would be able to find something on, but no, I didn't really see anything on that. Okay, well, so description, it's it's a it's. Pretty much kind of a large, very uh, bristly, hairy, whatever you want to describe it as, 
uh, tarantula. I'm going to say it's a has a brown base color with like yeah. kind of peach highlights or salmon pink highlights. Right. But don't let the common name fool you with the salmon pink. It's that's that's really subtle. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's got a lot of red hairs on it. Yeah, red, freshly molted. It's a very, very dark spider, almost black. Freshly molted. Yeah. Because actually, yeah. I have a freshly molted female down here right now. Right, and, and they brown out throughout yeah, the cycle. Yeah, she's really black right now. And uh, The older they get, the less brown they become through the cycle, I found. Yeah, I think so, too. Also, they stay a lot blacker longer. Although... Remember that. Remember that specimen. Of, but it's a different, different species, same genus. Uh, I don't know if I should save the story for if we ever cover that spider. But we had a, you had a Lasiodora difficilis that I got from you that was ended up being it. It was a peach. It was really, really peach colored. The entire spider was, and then it molted, and it wasn't like that anymore. <laughs> so it's like, they go through a weird. They go through a weird kind of like color stage. They they peach and greeny kind of greenish the carapace gets kind of greenish on them and they and they, they go through a weird color stage and when they're and, younger and as implied they are large i've seen specimens that were 10 inches plus easy leg span wise um so yeah that's description they're they're heavy body really heavy body i mean if you get a you get a, a female, a large female that's that's well fed and well hydrated. It's a big, big, bulky tarantula. I've heard them referred to as the poor man's Goliath or whatever, because I mean it 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 can really a, a large one is very, very impressive. It's not gonna blow you out of the water as far as color goes, but but size wise, it's a it's a very impressive tarantula. Right, yeah, I, I like them a lot. They're not super aggressive, and uh, they're they're uh, uh, they don't kick a lot of hair. The pair See, of Habana, that's the, that's the thing. The, We're getting into behavior in a minute, but he, they're all over the board, in my opinion. Well, yeah, that's true because the the different stages of life. Uh, when they're younger, they kick a little more hair. When they're bigger, they they're more mellow. I've, they can I, be kind of flighty. I've had some. I've had some actually nasty adult specimens, and then I've had some that were like I've seen some that were puppy dog tame, like the one you were talking about. But I've seen some. Right. Some. I've seen some pretty nasty ones. I've had some pretty nasty ones. So I've never I, I had know. a real nasty one. I have. I, 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 is, yes. Actually, the one I have downstairs right now is not very nice. How big is it? Uh, she's pushing eight inches. Oh, okay. Usually they start to mellow out around that time. But, you know, they don't all have the same personality, so. Okay, and so, did you want to do location, or? Uh, I, oh, well, they, they come from Brazil, but I didn't Brazil. go any deeper than that. Yeah, yeah I guess I, I the, uh, it was discovered in, uh, and I'm going to mur murder this name, but I'll try my best. Cool. Better you than me. <laughs> Haraiba. And that's okay. that's the that's where they're described from. And that's I guess that's in Brazil, I assume. I'm and, guessing. Yeah. So that's where that's part of the place where they're they're endemic. And basically they're they're what I read is they're endemic to Brazil in the Atlantic forest region of the country. And they are known from one area near 
Campina Grande. Ha. Grande. Grande. Yep. Cool. And so and... that goes on habitat. Uh, oh, we're on habitat? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, okay, so in, the, in that area, they say they inhabit the forest floor where they stay, where they're in uh, hiding places or burrows. From what I understand, they're not, they're definitely not an obligate burrower, but no. opportunistic. If you opportunistic. give them, yeah, if you give them a hide, they'll use it, but not a lot. Actually, no. my Laziadoras are generally right in the front of the enclosure. Oh, um, really? Whenever I'll I give them a hide, Whenever I give my lazy doors a hide, they hang out on top of it. Really? Yeah. If I had I had those like that, but in my current setup, in my current setup, the way the hides are, that I have so I have the tank. Um the substrate is is at an angle, and so it gets really high near the back. And so right. what happens is that it's not a whole heck of a lot of room on top of the uh hide for them to get, right. especially as large as they are. So a lot of times they're just right out in front. Like like I have three yeah. large females. I have a well what what we got is a itabune. I don't want to get into a tech taxonomic disagreement with anybody, but it's definitely not any other Laziodora that I have. But I have a female of that, I have a female difficilis, and I have a female parahibana right next to each other. And they're always right out in the very front of the enclosure, almost always. So, yeah, I, I should clarify it. If I give them a hide, that's just like a hide sitting on top of the ground. They'll they'll chill out on top of it most of the time. If if I give them a hide, that's like kind of like a, uh, like I like to call it a hobbit hole where it's like in the side of it's covered with dirt. Or something, so it's like in mm -hmm. the, in it's like it's like a hole in the hill or whatever. They'll mm -hmm. stand in front of it. Yeah, <laughs> they go okay. in there sometimes, but they hang out in front most of the day. And I've seen actually on um, different different animal shows on like uh, Discovery Channel, Animal Planet, things like that. I've seen them show parahibanas quite a bit actually, and. I've seen them, uh, yeah, pretty much in the rainforest on the forest floor, and they were just out prowling, especially at night. I've seen them taking on and eating snakes, and I saw one episode of, I don't remember what show it was, but one of them caught a bat. Like, as the, it oh, was, yeah. yeah, it caught a bat, and I was like, wow. So, it's a, it's a really impressive tarantula. Um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're really cool. They live a long time, and they're just... They're big. They're not too mean. They're pretty fun. Okay. Not medically significant. All right. So that goes into care. Do you, do you have anything to say about care? Uh, care is pretty basic, really. Uh, oh, yeah. They they live in the forest, so they like forest-like enclosures. <laughs> so a, a little bit moist, not too wet, not too damp, just a little, little, little bit of uh, uh, moisture, and then mm -hmm. and that's it. A big water dish, maybe a hide that they can stand on top of. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it doesn't have to be fancy. They're, they they adapt pretty well. And you know the funny thing about you saying that they, they're always on top of their hide is yeah. I had a Laziador. I don't think it was Parahibana. I'm pretty sure it was a Difficilis. Um, and uh, my my ex wife and I named it uh nicknamed it Snoop, short for Snoopy, because it was <laughs> always on top house. of it, always on top of the doghouse, always. 
Okay, and so breeding, that moves us on to breeding. Um, I have successfully bred this species once in the past. Um, and let me tell you, they have a lot of eggs, of eggs in the egg sack. <laughs> There's a lot. Uh, because unfortunately, my female, although I, I think she was trying her best, she, she kept the egg sack with her and she moved it around a lot from place to place. And I was uh, pretty, still a pretty new tarantula breeder at the time. And she actually ended up resting her egg sack in her water dish. I hate when they do that. <laughs> yeah. And that drowned or destroyed half of the sack. The other half was still good. And it was a 50-50 split with, uh, with uh, another person. and. Uh, she still ended up getting a lot of a lot of baby tarantulas out of it, but I'm pretty sure that the egg sack was probably at least seventeen, eighteen hundred from the start. Sure, I've read they can have up to uh, two to five thousand babies in a, in one sack. Yeah, it was at least because I, I they will quickly saturate whatever market you're you're in if you if you breed them. So if you go into breeding them, please keep that in mind it may be may be hard to get rid of them after a while i mean they usually are good sellers but they they're so prolific that you may talk to some people that sell tarantulas even if you sell tarantulas <laughs> if they want any bulk purchases before you start breeding Dude, they got so it, it it got so bad that like local pet stores They'd start. They'd see me pull up in the lot, and you see them like turning the lights off and flipping the clothes sign on. <laughs> right, <laughs> here, yeah. here he comes with the pair of hibanas again. Take any more of those pair. Of <laughs> right. So it got it got pretty bad for a while. Um, right. Yeah. But the breeding. Something you should think about. The breeding was pretty straightforward. Um, the female was actually not that aggressive towards. The male, I, I, I mean, I was expecting it because, like I said, my, the ones I've had were pretty nasty, but she was actually not, not very aggressive towards the male, and uh, it went pretty smooth. The males don't seem like, in my, in, in my experience, uh, male Lazidoras, uh, for me, haven't, haven't lasted long as far as just aging well. Um, I don't know if about in your experience, but. I, I've not had had a had good luck with them aging well. It seems like they, you know, they 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 were they get pretty pretty weak pretty quick. For, in my well, opinion. the thing that I find funny about parahabanas uh, and Laziadoras in general is they're large spiders, and you know when they're immature, their abdomens are large. But man, when a when a male <laughs> When a male matures, its abdomen is just gone. Like they have no abdomen. It's like it, it shrivels up so fast that they don't have enough time to live. I, I don't know why they have. So like, maybe I, that's I never understood that. You might be on to something there. Maybe that's maybe that's part of the reason why I've had that 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 issue because it seems like I haven't had one that like like I'll have a male like curly hairs or rose hairs or something like that. Whereas. I mean, they'll they'll go so far as to do a you know post ultimate molt, but 
right uh, yeah, yeah. Dora males no way it's like they... no they don't last they're they're weak they're weak males they're real yeah. leggy uh, their abdomens get really really small um when they eat. i mean you know sometimes they're, they're kind of big but they shrivel fast because they don't like to eat they don't eat very much at all yeah that's um, what, that's the other thing i was going to say i didn't didn't notice that mine had a have much of an appetite either uh, well, I, I found that with most males, even if they live a long time, they just don't eat and they just end up starving to death. It seems like they just shrivel and shrivel and shrivel until they die. You try to get them to eat. You try to get them to eat. And then they eat one cricket every three months. <laughs> you know? and it, and then, yeah. And Laziadors don't like to eat. I think uh, a year, year and a half is probably about the max from from one that I kept since it matured till right, it died. Right, yeah. Right. I don't get too much time out of them. Whereas a rose hair... I've, and and I've had live for six years, mature and didn't do a post mold. Cool. So, if that's all we have on that, that that brings us to availability. And like we we touched on before, they're, they're usually very available. pretty available. Yeah. <laughs> but one person doesn't have them, another one will. I mean, they're not. You're not going to spend a lot of time looking for one. Yeah, you may not always find uh, an adult female when you want to, but uh spiderlings and mature males are usually very easy to come by and if you are uh you know not a rich person and let me tell you if you see on the internet that somebody just bred them just mention you'd like to have one you may not have to pay anything but shipping <laughs> you might not because they may be overwhelmed with might them get <laughs> might get two or three or ten for free you never know <laughs> but the funny thing is is if you find a large female it's just maybe pricey that's the funny right, thing right. About it. Well, you know, it takes a long time to get them big like that. It's yeah. not something, you know. You, so you they grow, them. yeah, they grow fast at first. They grow then, fast to about six inches. Right. And then, you know, it's slow. It's like they're growing size-wise until they get to six inches, and then they start to, like, just grow, like, thickening up. They don't grow a lot lengthwise. They start to get thicker and thicker and thicker and a little bit lengthwise, but more just, yeah, it's crazy. All right, and then that brings us to rating. And uh, what would you what would you say, Brian? In our on our Star Wars scale, <laughs> our Star Wars inspired scale. I think I'm a little more lenient on that kind of thing than most. People. I think a beginner could take care of a pair of Habana. So you're saying problem. Padawan? Yeah, I think it's a Padawan. Okay. Um. So. I just I, think know, it doesn't I'm, take a lot. It doesn't take much research to figure out how to take care of one you know I'm, I mean? I'm inclined to say padawan but i, I want to like maybe maybe put a padawan plus just because an asterisk yeah some of them <laughs> some of them can you know some of them can can be aggressive and it depends on what stage of life you're buying them at is a large one i mean if you're just a beginner and you've never had a tarantula before I mean, yeah, you could keep it, but I mean, maybe not your first tarantula. Exactly, I mean, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be that bad. I mean, it, it could be your first OBT. tarantula, but yeah, you know. it, it could be. It, it's not that ridiculous, but maybe something slightly. I don't know. I've seen. I don't know. Some, I think it's a good one, if especially if you buy it when it's young and you 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 raise you, you grow with it. I, I think it'd be a good. I've one. met some people who could probably get killed by their pet goldfish. So I'm, well, not, I'm not really sure. Well, then it doesn't really matter what they start with. All right. I mean. <laughs> it's not going to end well for the spider, probably. Right. So, yeah, Padawan. I'm, I'll, I'll go with that. Just just keep in mind that it 
could be aggressive. Padawan with parental guidance. Right, 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 right. So it's a PG uh, Padawan. So there's our deep dive. We dove deep. Our unhelpful guy. I hope that it was kind of maybe sort of helpful. Probably not. But maybe for somebody. Feel free to let made us other know. Laugh. Who knows? Yeah. Please contact us. Please. You don't have reach out if you've had you. an unusual experience right. with a persona that we didn't mention. We'll, we'll definitely right. give it a mention because Absolutely. there's always an exception to the rule. Always. There you go. Cool. So uh, okay, we're uh, at the end. We did it. We made it all the way to the end. And so did you. You wasted a lot of time listening to us. <laughs> but we thank you. We thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, uh, we're hoping to get uh, new content out a little faster this year. Uh, we're, we're stocking up on topics and, and uh, we're trying to uh, stock up on episodes so we can keep ahead of the game and uh, get you a little more content this year. Yeah, we're, we, we have some great topics in the, in the works. I mean, seriously. Yep. Join us next and hopefully time. a few guests. I'm hoping to get a couple guests on. Oh yeah, you never know who's going to show up. Right, I still have a couple people to ask, but uh, Tyler did say he'd come on with us, so we'll get that going and talk some uh, entomology with him. And uh, I'm trying to think, there was something I wanted to say, and I can't remember what it was now, but uh, I'll have to do it next time, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I wanted to remind people that if you get a hold of us on Instagram or email us at the Tarantula Way Podcast at gmail.com, let us know what sacks you're hatching. Shout out your sacks, man. We want to hear from all over the place. Tell us what you guys are hatching out there. We'll we'll let people know that are listening to us and you can hear your name on the read or on the podcast kind of thing. And we want to know what, what people are breeding out there. What's what's going on in the hobby out there? Let us know. We want to have our ear to the ground here. Exactly. And we want to, you know, help us out. It's important. I mean, and and you deserve recognition for something that you've done in in the hobby. So. Right, and maybe you're breeding something like uh, Pokilotheria, which are endangered. That's a great thing for our hobby, and a great thing for those spiders to keep them around. So we want to know who's doing what. So tell your friends and tell us. Shout out your sack, baby. Tell us. Okay, so I think uh, we're about there. Uh, Facebook, the Tarantula Way Podcast. Uh, Instagram, Tarantula Way Podcast. Email, the Tarantula Way Podcast at gmail.com. Tarantula Way Podcast. Uh, we have a website. Uh, I can't remember the URL. It's, it's the Tarantula Way Podcast.podbean.com or something like that. We're on Podbean. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Spotify. Spotify. Google uh, Google Podcasts, uh, and there's one more. Amazon, Amazon Podcasts. And we're on please, those. please, one of these everyone. I'll figure out how to get us on Apple. It says we're on there, but I can't ever find it on there. So <laughs> <laughs> please, that's how everyone. I listen to podcasts is through Apple Podcasts. So it makes me sad. But one of the days I'll fix, figure it out or somebody nice will tell me how to do it. He's going to cry <laughs> when we get off of here. But please, yeah. please, everyone, feed and water the algorithms. Yeah, like, leave us share, review. subscribe, please. Please share, subscribe, leave us a five star review. That would really help us get other people to listen to us. If you guys interact with our podcast where you're listening, they'll tell other people, and then you can tell other people, and then we'll have more people listening. And then maybe, you know, we can get a little money from advertising and we can make this better and get other guests on and, and uh, you know, sound better and uh, 
make it actually maybe get some video and then uh, you know we can make some bonus episodes maybe some video episodes maybe some live shows uh at uh, reptile shows oh around. that would be awesome i'd really like to travel and do some reptile shows and talk with other people in other states and whatnot that would really be awesome a lot of fun. road trip so tell your friends tell people you know tell breeders tell everybody listen uh the more you listen the better we'll get and keep keep uh keep stay tuned in the future we're going to be having uh giveaways and contests and all sorts of things in the very near future on instagram very, very near, 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 future. near future on instagram i will be giving away two brazilian blue beauty spiderlings so Yay. please watch for that we need listeners and those are beautiful tarantulas man they're, really they're cool stunning tarantulas. they're stunning they're awesome two and two just in case something happens with one you're getting two and that's a, that's a lot of money right and all you got yeah, all you got it. It's a hundred and fifty dollar value. All you got to do is pay for shipping. That's awesome. It's a beautiful deal. So check us out on Instagram. Give us a like on Instagram. Leave some messages on Instagram. Let us know that you're listening. We'd love to hear from you. So uh, that's about it. I'm Brian. I'm John. Thank you. We love you, and we'll see you. This and this has been the Tarantula Way. Away. And we fucked it up again. We'll get this one of these days. We got to get a cue. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.